SFL Nation, and welcome back to SFL Night with AJ Stryker. Thank you so much for joining me today or tonight or whenever you decided to hit that play button or turn on that radio dial. Really appreciate it, y'all. I have my friend here with me, LSG member, Bo Martin Jr. How you doing, sir? Whoop, whoop. What's up? Uh, what's going on with everybody? What's up, Miss Ashley? It is a bodacious, beautiful, beautiful day here. And uh, might I mention, it's still glorious. I don't care when or lose. It's still a glorious day. Yes, brother, it is. And uh, we both coming fresh off some losses. So, you know, we we'll get there. You know, and I thought that, <laughs> we'll we'll get into that in a minute. But I want to thank you so much for being my co-host, and I want to thank you so much for being here with me. All right, my pleasure. So, Bo, we're going to be going over the SFL M Week Two action as well as the quarterfinal um, playoff games that occurred on Saturday and Sunday. And my fourth and goal interview will include Mr. Justin Reside, free safety of the Ottawa Calvary. I also have. Um, Tylon Steele from Birmingham Fuel, their tight end. And I'm going to have Ross Napoli, head coach of Salt Lake City Rustlers. So it's going to be a great show. Looking forward to bringing it to you. And Bo, you ready to get started? Let's do it. I'm ready. All right, sir. So SFL in action. Now, I chose Lexington, the Fuel, the Birmingham Fuel, the Memphis River Runners, and the Ottawa Cowboys. And I am sad to report that I got every last one wrong. <laughs> See, you know, sometimes, you know, you got to shoot your shot. And if it don't work out, just try to choose better next season, you know? That's all you can <laughs> do? Next, next week, I should say. But <laughs> this is how it all went down. The Lexington Miners took on the Albuquerque Adams. And the Adams won the game 52 to 34. Those are some big numbers. Um, the Lexington Miners had 340 yards passing, 81 yards rushing, 421 yards total. Their time of possession was 24 minutes, and or well, 24 minutes even, and they had one mistake. The Adams had 306 yards passing, 193 yards rushing, 499 yards total. Their time of possession, 19 minutes and 53 seconds with three turnovers. So, what do you think that the rest of what do you think the recipe was for the Albuquerque Adams to hold the ball with less time, throw a few more turnovers, and still win the game? Well, I'll be honest. Um, well, I'll tell you what it was. That defense put some real pressure on uh, on uh, Dave Barr. Um, not to be confused with Dave Barr. Uh, Dave Burr could not get anything going. Every time he looked up, uh, the uh, the minor, the, excuse me, not the minors, the Adams were in his face, and they did not give him any air. They sacked him five times. Okay, and so and when they weren't, they they actually got him to throw a pick. So they had sacked him five times, and they rushed him. Uh, they 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 rushed him several other times, and he had no time in the pocket. So when you when you have no time like that, when the defense is constantly breathing down your neck, you're going to make mistakes, and that's and that's what happened, and that's exactly what Albuquerque did is they executed and they took advantage of those rushes. Uh, Dante Grimm was an absolute absolute beast with 14 tackles um, in in that game for for Albuquerque, and it, he was just everywhere. So there was not wasn't much they could do. Gotcha. And the player of the game was halfback Douglas Brown with 20 attempts, 196 yards, four touchdowns, and 15 reception yards. The Tacoma Grizzlies battled the Birmingham Fuel, and Tacoma won the game 17 to 10. 
I was wrong about this game. Um, Tacoma had 211 yards passing, 137 yards rushing, 348 yards total. Their time of possession was 21 minutes, 21 seconds with two mistakes. The fuel had 203 yards passing, 77 yards rushing, 280 yards total. Their time of possession, 22 minutes and 12 seconds with one mistake. So what do you think the recipe for Tacoma was this game? I uh, you know what, Ashley? I was a little concerned about uh, Tacoma after last week. They basically got shellacked 41 to 3. But this this week, what they did was, and I'll tell you the key, it was very obvious. They leaned on Brad Jones and they leaned on him early and they leaned on him often. He ended up with 26 carries for 140 yards. And uh, he is going to be a huge key to their success in the, in the run game. And even in the past game, he added another three catches. He added three catches for 26 yards. And so he's huge. Uh, he relieved a lot of the pressure off of Johnny Reno, um, you know, they were they were breathing down Johnny Reno's neck. He did get sacked four times uh, and did throw two interceptions. But uh, Brad Jones was the key. And, and Johnny Reno will get a little bit better as the weeks go on. But they need to be able to lean on Brad Jones because that was the key to their success. The key to their success, indeed. So much so that Brad Jones was the player of the game. Again, with the 26 attempts and 140 yards that you mentioned, he also had two touchdowns and 26 reception yards. All right. The Ottawa Calgary took on the Salt Lake City Rustlers, and the Rustlers won the game 30-23. to Ottawa had 317 yards passing, 65 yards rushing, but 382 yards total. Their time of possession was 23 minutes and 11 seconds with one turnover. Salt Lake had 212 yards passing, 120 yards rushing, 332 yards total. Their time of possession was 20 minutes and 42 seconds with one mistake. So... Both teams had one mistake. Um, it looks like they weren't too too far off in total offensive yards. So what do you think the key to this game was? Well, you know, the the, the time of possession, uh, first of all, uh, was a big factor for for um, Ottawa. They they had the time, they had the time to do things, but they couldn't execute. I took a look at their uh, third down percentage. Um, their third down percentage was um Actually, I take that back. I took a look at uh, Salt Lake City's third down percentage, and you would think that Ottawa would have the advantage there, but um, Ottawa looked um, a little bit lethargic in the run game, and I think that's what made them fall short. Uh, perhaps it could be a little bit rusty because, you know, last week they had a bye, so um, they they maybe weren't quite ready to get into get into game there. Um, Salt Lake City looked ready to go. They were chomping at the bit after that bitter loss last week to Madison. Um, I know they weren't very happy about that. Um, you know, most things, to be honest, most things looked pretty equal. Like you said, the biggest difference, Ottawa could not get a run game going. And I think that's that's what ended up uh, doing them in is, is Salt Lake City was slinging the rock. And um, Ottawa, uh, Salt Lake City also had 120 yards to rush, rushing to add to that. And that's where Ottawa could not keep up. Once, uh, once Brooke got going, there was just no stopping. 21 carries for 115 yards. Perfect. The player of the game was wide receiver Kelsey Brown. Seven receptions, 135 yards, one touchdown, and 19 yards per catch. Fantastic job. The San Jose flight took on the Memphis River Runners. And the flight won 26 to 13. I was wrong about this game too. San Jose flight had 267 yards passing, 108 yards rushing with 375 yards total. Their time of possession was 21 minutes and 26 seconds with one mistake. The Memphis River Runners 
had 188 yards passing, 85 yards rushing, 273 yards total. Their time of possession was 22 minutes and two seconds with two mistakes. So not only did they have two mistakes, they were only held to 85 yards rushing in comparison to San Jose with 108. You think that was the catalyst? You know, I was I was a little bit surprised by this one, Ashley. I'll be honest. I mean, you, you've got the, the presumptive uh, first overall quarterback off the board uh, next season or next draft with O.J. Bruin. Uh, he went 26 for 38. He had an OK day, 26 for 38 with 188 yards. I think what what gave away the game for Memphis, uh, zero touchdowns and two interceptions for O.J., which is a little bit uncharacteristic for the for the for the second year FL, SFLM player. And, um, you know, I got to imagine he'll rebound next week. But when you've got Joseph Green, basically all he had to do was manage the game, which he did. You know, nothing spectacular. He went 23 for 32, 267 yards with one touchdown and one interception. But the only thing he had to do was manage the game and let uh, and let Jimmy Hazard do what he does best, which is running the rock. And Jimmy Hazard pretty much took over from the running back position. He, you know, 21 carries for 112 yards. He he allowed uh, Joseph Green to just kind of sit back and manage the game. And that's the reason why San Jose walked away with the W on this one. And that was the reason why Jimmy Hazard's hashtag hug power was the player <laughs> of the game. He did have 21 attempts and 112 yards. He did have one touchdown and 89 reception yards. So those are some great games to watch, man. I think that this round of rookies, not to say anything negative about any of the rookies in the past, but I think that these, these games are actually – like watching major league games in the sense that they're putting up large numbers, um, hard hitting. It just seems like you have a bunch of, you know, major leaders out there playing. So they're definitely going to be able to find a spot in some Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like it's kind of like college football has come so far in the last several years. A lot of these players that are coming out now, they're game game ready when they come out of college. And it's the same thing going on in the SFL, SFLM. Uh, a lot of these guys, when they come out of the SFLM, they're going to be game ready. And I'm, I'll be excited to have them. Definitely, definitely. So week three of the SFLM action will take place on Friday, April the 30th, and will be shown on SFL's YouTube channel. And the schedule goes as follows. The Tacoma Grizzlies will be taking on the Albuquerque Adams. Uh, oh, that's going to be a really, 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 really great game to watch. I think I'm going to go with the Adams on this one. What about you, Bob? Yeah, I'm, I'm going Adams on this one. Don't I, I really like what Tacoma did this week, but uh, that Adams, they, they look serious, putting up a 50-burger on, uh, on Lexington, who is no slouch. They look like the real deal. I'm going Adams. Definitely. With their former champs at that, yeah. Definitely. The Birmingham Few will be taking on the Salt Lake City Rustlers, and which should be a fantastic game to watch as well. But I think I'm going to slide with the Rustlers on this. What about you? I'm concerned about Birmingham. You know, you got the defending defending minor league champs uh, starting out 0-2. Um, you know, I, I understand that there's a lot of turnover, um, and, and you know, but uh, I'm concerned about them. Uh, they're 0-2. And I, I I believe that this is the week they get it together. And, uh, you know, I love my Salt Lake City wrestlers, but um, I, I got to believe Birmingham had a coaches only meeting and they're getting it together. All right. Sounds good. The Lexington Miners will be taking on the Ottawa Calvary. And I think I'm going to go with Lexington on this. One. What about you? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if you know this, but I'm all on board with Bailey O'Shaughnessy. Um, yeah. And he seems like the real deal. Um, Ottawa, you know, they put up a good fight this week, um, but uh, Bailey O'Shaughnessy is the truth. And as long as as long as he can get involved in the game, I think they pick up the win. 
Fantastic. Lastly, the Madison Lynx will be taking on the San Jose flag. Should be a great game, but I think I'm going to actually go with San Jose to win probably to three to seven points. What about you? Mm, okay. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Madison here. I, I, I saw what Madison did last week. They fought to the very, very end, um, and and they were able to they were able to put up that last second field goal to win the game. And uh, I believe Madison is going to take this one. So I'm going with Madison. Awesome, man. Awesome. And Memphis will be on a bye this week. And guys, please understand that if you don't like what I say, don't be mad at me. Just <laughs> prove me wrong like y'all did this week. Every last one of y'all prove me wrong. <laughs> so, That's all there is to it. That's right. That's right. And if you want more information about the league, about podcasts, about our articles, about how we operate, visit our website, www.simulationfl.net for more details. And you can even join our Discord from there. All right, so on now on to the quarterfinals action that took place on Saturday. Do we have to? It's Sunday, right? <laughs> These are the times, man. These are the hard times. But let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. Let's do it. All right, just rip it off like a band-aid. Here we go. I know, I know right? The Lone Star Glory. Why well, we gotta go first? I don't no, want to go you, first because you went first. <laughs> 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 but the Lone Star Glory battled the Baltimore Vultures and the Baltimore won 66 to 40. Bro, I know, I know. The Glory had 436 yards passing, 63 yards rushing, 499 yards total. Their time of possession was 28 minutes, 20 seconds with four turnovers. Baltimore had 503 yards passing, only nine yards rushing. Um, 512 yards total. Their time of possession was 15 minutes and one second with three mistakes. So not only did Baltimore have three mistakes, they only held T-Roy to nine yards and they held the ball longer. I mean, they held the ball at a shorter period of time than the Long Star Glory. They were still able to pull out the win, man. What What do you think happened? I'll tell you what happened. Mac Chima happened. That's what happened. Um <laughs> Yeah. Listen, um, Mac Chima decided to eat his Wheaties or Mac and cheese. I don't know what he eats, but for whatever reason, he he acted a fool on us. He didn't have to disrespect us like this. Six receptions, 216 yards on six receptions. Um, every time we looked up, it was a deep ball from Jack Wigmore to Mac Chima. Um, he, he ate us up out there in the defensive backfield. Um, four touchdowns for Mac Chima. Um, and there really wasn't much that, you know, even Ivory, Ivory Irvin, you know, normally six receptions for 116 yards and, and two, two touchdowns is a great day. Right. But um, that was that's what Ivory Irvin had. But he was overshadowed. Max Shima was just a beast. Jack Wigmore had seven passing touchdowns. And the reason why the, the time of possession was was so so lopsided is because every time Jack Wigmore dropped back into a seven step drop, it seemed like he was launching the ball 50 yards down the field. And we just didn't have an answer for that. And so the short and sweet of it is, um, you know, uh, Baltimore is the uh, season 15 champions for a reason. Uh, we gave them a run for a month for their money. We gave them all that we had. But uh, it, at the end of the day, um, they 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 took us to they took us to the to the shed. Yeah, but y'all put up a good fight, man, the way you could. And your season, either for you all to go through as, as much as you had this season and still be able to make it 
to the quarterfinals, man. You can't. There is no slouches in this. Oh, I'm super. I'm super proud of of my Lone Star Glory. All of us, every single one of our Lone Star Glory. We fought. We played hard, and uh, I'm really excited about the future of this team. Awesome, man. Player of the game was, in fact, quarterback Jack Wigmore. With his 25 completions for 31 attempts, 498 yards, seven touchdowns, and a quarterback rating of 131.5. The Fort Worth Toros took on the Vancouver Legion, and the Vancouver Legion won 31 to 26. Fort Worth had 228 yards passing, 27 yards rushing, 255 yards total. Their time of possession was 20 minutes and three seconds with one mistake. Vancouver had 290 yards passing, 76 yards rushing, 366 yards total. Their time of possession was 23 minutes and 32 seconds with five mistakes. So again, Vancouver was able to make five mistakes. Um, they had more rushing and um, let's see, more rushing and more passing yards. But you would think that because of those five turnovers, that they would have lost the game, but they pulled it out. And how do you think they did that? Well, you know what? The the Vancouver receiving core is special. Yeah. Um, and and this, the crazy part is that's not even a secret anymore. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows what Vancouver's receiving core is going to do. The problem is trying to stop it. Enter one of, if not the best defenses in the SFL with the Fort Worth Toros. Um, and Vancouver was able to just pick them apart. Um, they, they, they went down the field, they took their time. They didn't, there wasn't, there was some bombs down the field. Yes. But it wasn't like Baltimore did to us. Uh, they took their time. They went down the field. Vancouver ended up with 21 first downs for the game. So they took their time going down the field. Um, it's just that they were able to literally pick them apart. And, and every time that, um, Fort Worth tried to stop them, I mean, they did stop them on occasion with the five interceptions, obviously, but, um, those receivers were just dominant. Um, Tom Pepper just wouldn't he wouldn't stop throwing the ball he threw the ball 46 times and whether he was throwing interceptions or touchdowns he would not they resolved that they were going to throw the football so much so uh one of the best running backs in the league you know had a, a fair day robert redford 23 uh carries for 77 yards um they depended on the passing game um even robert redford like i said 23 for 77 however robert redford was their leading receiver at uh you know 13 receptions for 78 yards so they even used him as an extra receiver. Um, Vancouver's gifted in, in the receiving area. And, um, you know, take nothing away from everything the Fort Worth did. Amazing defense. But um, they just, I think they got overwhelmed by the offensive power. And uh, it's going to be tough for Vancouver. It's going to be tough for anybody to stop Vancouver in that offensive attack. I agree. Player of the game was my girl, wide receiver Kendra Halls. Speaking of the wide receiver core that they have out there. She made a, a difference with that five receptions, 105 yards, two touchdowns, and 21 yards per catch. So you were definitely right about that. The Las Vegas Fury took on the Florida Storm, and the Florida Storm won 30-23. Las Vegas had 230 yards passing, 159 yards rushing, 389 yards total. Their time possession was 23 minutes and 49 seconds with only one mistake. Three-time champions Florida Storm had 410 yards passing, 84 yards rushing, 494 yards total. Their time of possession was 19 minutes and 45 seconds with two mistakes. So again, 
Florida was able to do more with that ball um, in the 19 minutes and 45 seconds and two turnovers than Las Vegas did. And they, you know, they, they had a valiant effort, especially with doing Las Vegas' rushing game with 159 yards in comparison to the 84 that, um, that the Florida put up. Do you think that was it? Yeah, um, at the, when, when all else fails, when you can't depend on, when you're trying to determine a game, if, if you can't figure anything else, look at the rushing yards. And most of the time, that's where you'll find uh, the wins and losses. And, and that's exactly what happened at this particular game. I mean, both of them put up an amazing effort. Oh, and by the way, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say Dustin McCrack. Um, I have to go ahead and, and, and give a shout out to my favorite player in the SFL. Um, <laughs> but I would be remiss if I didn't say that, um, you know, the running game was, was, was played a huge, huge difference in, in this particular game. Um, you know, Scott Johnson did everything that he could to try to get going. But, um, you know, if you look at, if you turn around and you look at what Florida was able to do, uh, you know, with potential rookie of the year, Charlie Bolesky, um, it, you know, they basically just proved why they're headed to the 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 the, the semifinals and you know when you got somebody like Ron, Ron Cochran rather um you know behind center it, it just it gives you a certain sense of confidence that you can you know that you can uh make it through any situation and, and I gotta believe that he played a hand in, in grooming Charlie Bolesky to get to where he is so far. I agree. Player of the game was Ron Cochran quarterback for Florida 24 completions 31 attempts 410 yards passing Three touchdowns and a quarterback rating of 124.1. And now the let's last talk game. About, let's talk about uh, it. Bruh, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> last game to end things off was the Arizona Scorpions battling against Denver Nightwings. And Denver won 35 to 29. The Scorpions had 259 yards passing, 48 yards rushing, 307 yards total. Our time of possession was 23 minutes and 15 seconds with two mistakes. Denver had 218 yards passing, 81 yards rushing, 299 yards total. They only held the ball for 19 minutes and 49 seconds with three mistakes. Man. And it's funny because Arizona was actually leading pretty much the whole game. And then Jared McChesney and company put on those afterburners that they normally do, and they were able to surpass us. And, you know, even though I only threw one interception, DJ had that one fumble, you know, um, Miller had those, those, those three interceptions, man, it still was not enough to capitalize off on. And I think, because Denver is such a, a great team, they've been in the league for so long, they just know how to kind of pick apart anybody. That's why they went 11-1 and one this whole season. That's why they are the true championship caliber team that they are, because they yeah. know how to play. What do you yeah. This This was a classic example of, um, it wasn't pretty for Denver. Denver didn't, Denver didn't walk all over Arizona like they've walked all over so many teams in the SFL. Denver had to fight. They had to claw, kick, and scratch their way to the semifinals. Arizona gave them everything they could handle. I mean, it, I could not imagine any more. Denver could not have taken another single first down from Arizona because they gave them everything. Um, you know, I watched that entire game, and, and, and it, you know, I'll be honest, for, for most of the game, I thought it was well in hand. I thought that 
uh, Arizona was going to walk away with it. Um, I thought that you all had their number. It seemed like every time they try, every time they started to get a drive going, um, that you all uh, had an answer for it. The only thing that concerned me uh, going into the third quarter was the fact that you all seemed to settle for field goals instead of touchdowns. And when I think about a team of Denver's caliber, um, that's something that can come back to bite you. And that's exactly what happened. Um, you all settled for two late field goals towards the end. And I noticed how aggressively Denver was playing. And then I noticed it seemed a little bit like maybe perhaps you all were kind of shying back a little bit. Denver went for it on fourth and one from their side of the field. That's how aggressive Denver was being. Uh, 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 trying to get this win. You guys literally had them on the ropes the entire game. But I think that Denver was just a little bit more aggressive and perhaps it has to do with the championship caliber or maybe they just decided they're going to go all out and they're going to lose or win, whatever they do. But um, you guys had them. You gave them everything that they could handle. Uh, but that Denver is, is a, a championship caliber team. And I got to I gotta say um, kudos to anybody who can beat them. I'll put it, I'll put it like that. Definitely, definitely. And to my squad, you know, we gave it our all. And yeah, you guys, you guys, you guys have nothing, yeah. nothing at all to be to be sad about. You took the number one seed to the brink of extinction. That is absolutely amazing. So you guys have, have a lot to rest your hats on and and you, you should feel really, really good about going into the next season. And uh, Denver, Denver is is running out of their stadium excited that they snuck that they snuck off with a victory because they know they snuck off with that victory and um kudos to them for for never giving up too because uh they could have very easily given up and conceded defeat so uh you know but that championship medal wouldn't let them do that and yeah. so uh kudos to denver as well but both the both teams have very bright futures out there in the west absolutely and i just want my guys to know that we're going to come back better and stronger next year and who knows, you probably make it to the semis as well as probably win the championship. So never give up. But kudos to Denver for giving us a great game, a very emotional game. Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> no, I believe you. Trust me. It, it, when you when you when you fight as hard as you know, and it, it, this this is going to sound callous, but we got we lost by 26 points. Right. So our game was over by, you know, the fourth quarter. So we kind of we we weren't in the expectation of that victory. We we hoped for it, right? right. But when you're when you're down by 26 points, you're kind of hoping against hope. Um, for you guys, you guys had the victory in hand, and you guys, um, Denver snatched the victory from you, right? Yeah. So it kind of it kind of it, it's a little bit more. It's a little bit easier for yes. me to handle my loss. Uh, first of all, because I'm not as vested as you are as a GM. I don't, you know, I didn't input on the playbooks. But second of all, you all had the win. You were there. You know, yeah. with the last the last lead we had in a 66 to 40 loss, the last lead we have was nine to seven. So we were up nine to seven. But after that, we never let again. So I had that whole game to get ready for my loss. Yours just happened. And you're, you're, you know, you literally are still trying to come to the realization that you know, you didn't win because you had the game, you know, 99.9% of the game was yours up until yeah. that very last, you know, that very last quarter and the last couple drives. So um, tough loss for, for, for you guys. 
um, Denver knows they got away with one. You know, <laughs> they, they, they know they got away with one. And, um, you know, it, but that's the reason you play the game. And yep. that is the reason you never stop fighting. And I looked in Denver's, um, I looked in there that I was watching the chat scroll by and Denver players, they never stopped fighting. They never gave up and they kept it positive and they, they kept encouraging one another. And, uh, and you guys did as well, you know. Um, but that's the thing. You guys were in the lead, so it was easy for you to be positive. Yeah, um, right. But, um, you know, never give up on your team, even when you're losing, even until the last play, until it's zeros on the clock and you're wishing each other a good game. You never give up. Zero so. point zero zeros always. But yeah. Denver, congratulations. Yeah. Think? Kudos to think? Denver. Absolutely. Player of the game was running back and somebody I knew he was going to have an issue with. Jared Lachesney, 20 attempts, 62 yards, two touchdowns, and five reception yards. So, this means that the semifinals round will include the defending championship Baltimore Vultures, taking on the three-time champions, um, Florida Storm, at 4.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, May the 1st. That is going to be a fantastic game to watch. And of course, yes. I am not going to make any pickups for this one. I can no? give you. No, no, no. <laughs> the way my, the SFL up went, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that Baltimore, the Art of Defending Champions, TJ and TPAT, find a way to pick apart people. And if you're not careful, they will. And Jack Woodmore will throw all over you. You have Ivory Irvin making those fantastic catches. You got Machima that's, Ugh. you know, eating Wheaties every day. I'm still, you. look, I'm still looking over my shoulder like, it's Machima. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, look, exactly. look, I'm driving down the street and all of a sudden a car go blowing by me. I'm like, is that Machima? <laughs> like, every time I look up, I feel like when something goes flying by me, it must be Machima. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, so. <laughs> you run <right> on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got the Florida Storm, man. Three-time champions that you do not get three championships where you don't win three times for nothing, you know? Yeah. Um, they have... They have a, a high caliber team as well with mighty on the sticks, always in the playbooks, always changing up things. You don't know what to prepare for, um, how, what he's going to do this time. So this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Bro. Yeah, it, it's going to, I, and, and I'm going to reserve my pick. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say who I, who I think is going to win this one, because I'll be honest, um, Florida has really surprised me this season. I mean, I figured them to do well. Um, I did not figure them to do this well, but they have, um, they have probably one of the few teams that has almost gotten better every single week. And, and, and for anybody who did not put the, it, it, put the respect on their name, you know, um, you got to put some respect on Florida's name now because they've, you know, they've, they've earned the right to be mentioned in the same breath with the Denver's and, and, and with the Baltimore's. And so, um, you know, they, they earn the right to be there. So it's going to be a good game. Absolutely. Then you have the Vancouver Legion. Taking well, they're gonna try to reach their first title game um, while Denver is going for their second championship at 6:45 p.m. Eastern, also on May the first. Two high-caliber teams as well. I mean, Denver, like I said, is a champion. You know, two-time. Well, no, they're going for the second championships, and Vancouver putting up 40, 50 burgers on everybody. You know, during the season. 
you know, Vancouver, Vancouver is like, you're probably too young to remember this, but Vancouver (laughs) is like the greatest show on turf. Do you remember that back in the day with the, with the, the St. Louis, St. Louis Rams or the Los Angeles Rams rather, where, um, they used to just, it was, uh, Kurt Warner and they used to just sling the ball all over and they had one of the most dominant, uh, passing attacks in NFL history back in the late 90s, early 2000s. That's what Vancouver reminds me of. They remind me of the greatest show on turf. Um, Definitely. They are they are a joy to watch um, as far as their passing attack. And it, it, and so I I would love to play Vancouver as a as a as a you know as a cornerback only because it tests my skills as a cornerback. Um, you know, I, I consider myself to be one of the better cornerbacks in the SFL. So it's like anytime I see a number one receiver, I want him. Like, that's my guy. That's who I want. Put me on the number one receiver. And so Vancouver's got so many receivers. It's like I wouldn't know who to hold. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be a good game. Denver's defense is absolutely insane. Um, and we all know about uh, Jared McChesney. That's a bad dude. That's a bad dude. Not only is a bad dude out of the backfield, he's a bad dude in the in the passing game. That's it. Um, he can he can hit you from so many different ways. And um, I tell you what, the SFL is in for a treat next weekend. Definitely, all of these games, everybody, every last person, every last team just that's in the semis deserves to be there. So I'd be interested knows? to see if this is the first time the one, two, threes, and fours have all made it. Yeah. Definitely. And like I said, for, for good reason. Everybody has put up a fantastic performance throughout the season as yeah. well as throughout the, the playoffs. So undeniably, these are the four that should be here. I believe. You've got the four highest remaining seeds. There have been no there was no upsets. The four highest remaining yeah. seeds are still there. So yeah. um this should be this should be a high powered, crazy weekend coming up. Fantastic. And I can't wait to see it all unfold. Same here. Next up, my fourth and goal interviews. Stay tuned. All right, SFL Nation, welcome back to my fourth and goal interview. Tonight's guest is Mr. Justin Reside from the Ottawa Calvary, their free safety. How are you doing? Doing all right. I'm doing well. That's good. That's good to hear, man. Great to have you on the show. I love getting to know all the rookies because you guys are going to be the face of the league one day. You know? Yeah. All right, cool beans. So let's get to know you. Just want to ask you a few questions and answer how you like to. Um, if Justin is not your real name, then what is your real name? It's, it is Justin. It is Justin. It's my it real is. name. Yep. All right, cool. Cool. Then what's your age, your hometown, interesting facts about yourself, and then your favorite NFL team? I am 33 years old. I live in Pennington, New Jersey. I I do a lot of special Olympic sports. If you can see by the right behind me, my medals right behind me. Beautiful, awesome. Yep, yep. And I and my uh, favorite NFL team is the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, okay. I like that. I like that because you know, I'm, I'm not really a Green Bay fan. So if you had if you were to say Green Bay, we might have had a problem. Oh, you're good. <laughs> but about your medals, what are they? What are they for? Uh, I see some gold back there. Yeah. Yeah, they're all second from all the team sports I do. Second place, third place, and fourth place medals all over there. Okay. So that leads us into what kind of sports do you do? What kind of? Uh, it's floor hockey, basketball, soccer, and softball. Oh, man, that's dope. And you staying really active. That's awesome. And you got the accolades to show for it. Okay. I like yeah. it. 
<laughs> so tell us, how did you find out about the SFL? I found out through my one of my wrestling communities, the Nighthawk Nation, through uh, Nighthawks24, who ha also has a player in the SFL and on the Madison Lynx. So y'all were just flipping through channels, or was he already a member of the league and just kind of brought you in, or? Yeah, he was a member of the league. He was a member of the league, and he just gave me the SFL Discord, and then after week one, I decided to join in the league. Awesome. How easy was it for you to do so, like, from making your player to now, to actually yeah. playing in the game? Yeah, it was pretty easy, but, you know, for, you know, like, the you know, first game, it was like, I was like kind of nervous and then all of a sudden when I saw the game I'm like I'm finally in the SFL I'm finally get that if my name gets called name gets called by one of the big teams you know it's gonna be awesome if not you know I got a second year so <laughs> definitely definitely so I see that you're free safety was that your original position or is that that was just open to you uh, it was just an open pick for me, you know, it's just, open. it was just an open, you know, just a pick for me. Cause you know, I, when I did flag football in special Olympics, you were on both sides of the ball. So. Okay. So is there another position that you would be willing to take just in case the free safety position is not open for you? Yeah. You know, if, you know, any other spot in the, you know, the secondary is fine with me, you know? Okay. All right. Fantastic. So about this game, and now you guys did lose to the, the Salt Lake City wrestlers. I did pick you to win, because um, you never know what to you never know what to expect, especially when this is your first game out there. But you had an interception. Tell me, how did that feel? I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! <laughs> I caught that stuff." And I, when I when I looked back at the video after the game was went went off, you know, after the live thing was off i had to look at look back at it i'm like holy crap i did a barrel on that and i think i jumped right over kelsey brown i believe before the interception i jumped right over <laughs> oh man see that's that's the thing man you, you when you see yourself out there making those major plays that definitely you know makes you so happy and i can tell that you're ecstatic about that and you have four tackles as well so yeah you got a nice performance your first game yeah, yeah. Second game now coming against Lexington Miners against a fellow member of the Nighthawk Nation, Isabella <laughs> Blackwell. <laughs> I actually want to have her on the show, too. I've reached out to her, so hopefully she'll answer. But yeah, that's going to be dope. That's going to be a really good game to watch. Um, so do you have an interest in participating in a league in another aspect so like beat writing or maybe broadcasting or doing some yeah, stats I was, I, yeah i was trying to do broadcasting but i guess there's still a decision between you know the you now the big person who's heads of you know broadcasting so yeah, I'm guessing he's still, yeah he still might be making a decision on me so yeah well i will say that it's a great experience, man. If you can get your practice in, like watching some of the games, put it on mute and kind of practice to yourself. And then, you know, as, as long as they see that you're trying, yeah, it, it shouldn't be a problem. But um, how, what are your expectations from the team that drafts you? So let's say you get selected by a team. What do you want that team to be able to do for you? You know, help me with more progression and, you know, tell me, you know, where I need to improve on on the defensive side of the ball, you know, where my numbers need to be for progressing my player in the SFL. Now, are you currently getting help with your progressions now? Yeah, I'm getting help from a hammer, the defensive coordinator, 
off of my team slash the coordinator, you know, one of the people at the San, San Diego Mavericks, one of the new teams out there in the SFL. So Awesome. Awesome. I think that's very important. I mean, if you can do it on your own, then by all means. But when you do have that guidance as to what to spend your points on and you can make yourself a lot more valuable by actually knowing what you're doing instead of just guessing. So that's that's yeah. really good on you. Yeah. Tell me, what is the Ottawa Cavalry's locker room like? That's amazing. We got great guys and, you know, one guy that, you know, you know, I, you know, a lot of guys that can I can look up, see, and hopefully be still, you know, hang out with in the locker room, and hopefully see those guys join me in like, you know, being their names called in the SFL draft in June. So wonderful. What are you? What are you most looking forward to in the draft? Just hearing your name called, or just seeing yeah. how it goes, or just seeing how it goes. Hopefully, get my name called. And, you know, if I'm, you know. I wouldn't surprise if I'm like a second or third round pick or something like that. And I'd like the first round, like most of these guys, like the top tier, like Kelsey Brown, Tommy Utah, uh, you know, Pat, you know, maybe even Joey Styles gets finally gets his name called after. Hopefully, he gets his name called. Who's on my team? Hopefully, he gets his name called finally after not getting his name called last year. Right. And that's another thing too, you know, just, just if you don't get your name called, it doesn't mean that your, that your player was bad or that people didn't want you, to, but that the team needs vary from season to season. So if you have a bunch of people that just don't need a fullback, you know, that will make you more stronger for that next season, especially when you're playing in the SFLM and then you built up enough points to where you're, un, you, you're undeniable when it's time, you know, so <laughs> That, that's pretty good, man. So what type of personality will you bring to someone's locker room? Yeah, you know, a good personality, not like this, you know, you know, want to be part of the team, you know, improve every week, you know, work with your teammates and everything and bring the locker room together as one. Yeah. Nice. All right. True leader in a sense. Do you, how, how do you handle trash talk and adversity? You know, when your team loses, people want to talk mess about you or just, you know, when you're going through difficult times, how do you handle that? I just say, you know, let's leave it on the field. You know, let's, yeah. you know, let's leave it on the virtual gridiron, not in the disc, you no, know, not in the discord all day long. <laughs> all right. All right. Gotcha. So how did you handle the COVID situation? I know it made us, Everybody was locked down for a while and it kind of made you know, drove people crazy. But how did you handle it? I handled it by uh, doing the spe- all, the, all the stuff that was offered by Special Olympics, all the Zoom classes, all the you know, Rocket League e-sports events that have been going on. I'm trying to, you know, we're hopefully hoping to get my normals, normalcy back, my normal job back, normalcy back and everything. Okay. And so what is your, what is... What is most important to you about the Special Olympics? Yeah, you know, it's like the same thing as in the SFL, you know. Kind of the, you know, the two connect together. Like, you know, you have people together that help you out in certain situations and not, you know, get mad, you know, get over mad and overhyped about, you know, if you're in a gold medal game, you get get all this hype and you don't have, you know, you have to focus more on the game than, you know, it's a team aspect, not a one person aspect. Like, you know, like, the other sports and special Olympics, like my game, my sports, our team, are a team. You know, you lose lose as a team, you win as a team. That's true. Is there one sport that you like a little bit better than the others? Eh, not really. You know, 
it's like, you know, it's like it's night and day, you know. One day, you know, I get better, you know, one day I get better, and then the next day it's like, you know, you have to fix your mistakes. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. All right, so how how do you think that you will impact the SFL? I mean, because clearly you do your thing <laughs> when, you know, you got all these medals in the background. So how yeah. do you think that you're going to impact us? Yeah, I'm going to, you know, just play every day, you know, make every down count and every, every single play, make sure I get every single play down and not make mistakes or, you know, get the wrong, you know, cover the right person, you know, and play that center field like I did last night. <laughs> yes, you did. You try to get as many. You got to watch you. You're going to be one of the people to watch because if any quarterback's going to be throwing your way, they may have a problem. It's a whole yeah. no-fly zone right over there. So, but man, Justin, it was a pleasure meeting you. And of course, I invite you to come back anytime that you want to be on. Let me know. I'll be happy to have you. Um, and even like during the, the drafting process, if you want to come back and you know, when once you get drafted to a team and share that experience with us, we would love to have you, okay? Okay, thank you for having me, Ashley. <laughs> You're very welcome, but I cannot let you go without giving you the last word. So, that can be a song, that can be a poem, or that can be a simple shout out to anybody that you want to in the league or anywhere. Right now, Justin, the floor is yours. Yeah, I would like to give a shout out to all everybody who, who is in the SFL part of the Nighthawk Nation. I love you guys, we're a team. Let's get, hopefully we'll get drafted together on in the SFL. Maybe together on one team, maybe on separate teams. Who knows? Let's let's make sure we make an impact in the SFL all together, even though we're on separate teams. And that you will, my friend, that you will. Looking forward to seeing you out there in the field next week, okay? All right. All right. Thank you, Justin. Yep. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the second part of my fourth and gold interview. Tonight's guest is Mr. Tylon Steele, tight end for the Birmingham Fuel. How you doing, sir? Doing great, doing great. And not yes, great, please. but it's Talon. Talon? Talon. Talon. Mm, you know like what? Thank ball. you. Thank hey, you helps me catch. Me. Hey, these claws help me catch balls. That's all that matters. <laughs> you definitely don't need them. <laughs> yeah. I got, some, I got some good passes thrown to me this week. You know, I may have, you know, had a couple misses there, but, you know, it's coming along. Exactly. And then you have room to grow. Like, y'all just starting off. So yeah. with the progressions and everything that's going to kick in, yeah, y'all going to be a force. Definitely. Yeah. But let's get to know you, sir. So give us your real name, if you choose to, your age, your hometown, some interesting facts about yourself and your favorite NFL team. That's easy. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, real name is Angel Molzer. Um, I'm out of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, you know, facts about me. I'm an interface developer. Um, I, you know, have one, one beautiful little daughter, eight year old, uh, single dad. Um, you know, I played all kinds of sports. I played rugby for 15 years. I played semi-pro for Louisville and, uh, um, you know, I'm in the gym as, you know, <laughs> pretty much as much as I can be in there. And I just love sports. I mean, football is my thing. Uh, I played soccer 15 years, went to college for it. Um, just love sports, love football, you know I mean? And, you know, the, the environments that we have with like, you know, the communities with Discord and, you know what I'm saying, Twitch and things now just give us the ability to reach out to people that we wouldn't really know. And for me, it's it's a great environment to meet people, you know, have those relationships. You know, it started out with uh, gaming. You know, I used to be a big time gamer, you know, like MMOs, World of Warcraft, those kind of games. 
and uh, just for the camaraderie, the friendships, you know, that you build through those relationships. And, and those are the key factors, you know, that I am, you know, all about. So uh, now if we go to the NFL teams, uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm originally from Oceanside, California, so i got to rip my chargers. <laughs> so, you know, we're it's my team, man, Justin Herbert, Joey Bosa. So, like I said, I love football in general. I mean, um, I've been playing fantasy football forever, too. You know, that's another thing I love, and, and I ride or die every bit with it. So, you know. Anything to do with football. I love it. <laughs> That's, that is dope. You know, it's funny because I had my first crack at fantasy football this season. And uh, no, I didn't do too good. I mean, I had Tyreek Hill and I was like, yes. And then I everybody took everybody else I wanted. So I was like, okay, well, it's going to be actually I had Tyreek Hill and I had Todd Gurley. Okay. Yeah. So... <laughs> That was a that was a rough one right there. It was, it was. But hey, you know, at least I tried it. I know kind of what to do next time, so it'll work out. But you said you play semi-pro. Yeah, for Louisville Club for uh, play rugby. Okay, so okay, so what is your experience playing rugby? Because every time I see it, it looks just dangerous. It looks like football, (laughs) but it's more dangerous. Uh, it's a brotherhood, you know, uh, we're all real close. Uh, it's pretty much what it is. Like, you know, we lived in a rugby house together and in, in college and, uh, you know, it's just about the brother, you know, the brotherhood and, and being together. And yeah, we acted pretty dumb most time, you know, uh, can't say that we didn't do anything stupid on the field, uh, but it is, I mean, it's, we can be on a fight and, uh, you can fight some money on the field and then go out drinking with them later at night. You know I mean? It's just, <laughs> it's the same thing. It makes no sense. It made no sense when I started. Um, but I started in high school and, uh, I, I was, you know, I was a hooker. <laughs> Sounds kind of funny, but that's the position <laughs> on the field. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just fun. I mean, it's, it's more like soccer, but with tackling with no pads, you know what I mean? So okay. there's a strategy to it and, uh, you gotta have great cardio. <laughs> so it's just nonstop and it's just fun. I mean, there's, and yeah, everybody gets hurt. <laughs> there's no yes, options man. of not getting hurt. So I bet. Cause you don't have no protection. Like, what the hell nope. are y'all doing out here, man? But, but hey. you don't, but you don't need it. <laughs> okay, you don't need it. I, <laughs> I'm padded up, I'm head to toe, shoot. But I get it. Um, that's that's pretty dope, though. So tell me, how did you even find out about the SFM? Um, Tazzy Blackwell, who actually plays for the Birmingham uh, Fuel, also, um, we uh, are actually in a in a simulation wrestling league. Also, um, there's a several Blackwells now that are actually in in our league. Um, and the, in the minor side and uh, they all came from the same thing. So we all kind of came together and um, bringing that, you know, the, the family environment that we have there to here and, and kind of all doing it together and, and uh, you know, making this community part of what we you know, believe in and enjoy, you know. Fantastic. Fantastic. So your game, man, you suffered a loss, you know. <laughs> um, trust me, I know the feeling, brother. Like you do, I just, you just lost Denver. So trust me, I know pain and everything that comes with that but um they did give you the ball one time you had 14 um yards so when you saw yourself catching that ball for the first time how did you feel uh amazed but i need more (laughs) you know i just love it you know i love you know the hits i like taking the hits and you know uh coach put in some uh some plays that really you know will utilize me down the road as i progress and uh you know, we got a great quarterback. You know, uh, we got Squarebush, amazing running back. You know, and, and and we got several you know rookies that are there to help us out. And you know, we're just we're coming along. And it's it's one of those things where you know, watching myself, you know, what I'm saying under the lights and the cameras, and and 
you know, and when I watched it after the fact, you know, there's some things I could change and, and things I need to work on. Um, and I know with, with the locker room we have right now, things will change, things will get better. Um, our coach is great. You know, I can't say anything bad about him. Uh, walked in, you know, like I said, walked in the locker room first time and, you know, he greeted me as soon as possible. Um, started working on a game plan, you know, on, on how to, you know, progress and how to make myself, you know, shine and, and do what I need to do for this team. Awesome, man. Awesome. And then y'all got what? You got like six more games? It's like, y'all good. You know, y'all good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, got plenty of time to progress and have those, those, um, get that. Get, now, let me ask you something. Sure. Did you, this, did you want to be a tight end or was that the only position that was available when you signed up or? Um, there was a need um, in tight end I saw in our league. So, uh, you know, I played everything from quarterback, wide receiver, to tight end. I've even played on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I played some D, you know, some DE, some linebacker and defense tackle. I mean, I'm not a small guy. You know, I'm 6'7, 277, and uh, only getting bigger every day. You know, uh, trying to eat my Wheaties and make sure I, you know, can make yeah. it on the box one day. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and, you know, to be a tight end, you know, like, you know, my name is Talon Steele. And, you know, honestly, it takes nerves of steel to go across the middle and take some passes. You know, I ain't scared to get hit. And I think that's what, you know, people need, you know, especially in tight end position. And, and honestly, whenever, whatever team it comes to, you know, I'm a pretty big guy, athletic, you know, I stay in the gym, I work out, I do a lot of cardio, I do what I need to do to fit any position, you know. So when my number's called up, you know, in the first round draft, you know, when my number does get called, <laughs> I'll be ready to take over whatever position they need me to take. I'll do what I need to do. Good. So that was going to be my next question. Were you, were you dead set on a tight end position or would you prefer, or if, if, if a team wanted you for any other purpose, you'd be willing to take I'm not going to say because I know everybody always says, well, I really want to be a kicker. I don't have the strongest leg <laughs> on the kicking side. So throw me balls, let me throw balls, uh, or let me hit people. I'm, I'm good with all of it. Um, to be <laughs> honest with you, you know, I feel whatever position you can feel. You know, I mean, I, I'm pretty athletic. I can do what I need to do. Fantastic. Fantastic. Do you have, um, well, before I go into this, how easy was it for you to sign up to become a player? And can you take us through that process for those who don't know? Yeah, um, very easy. Um, pretty much it was a, you know, when I went to, you know, sign up with the site and stuff, you know, everything was just really laid out really well, uh, very clear. Um, do the subscription side of things, you know, I know I'm to be here for a while. So, you know, I went ahead and did the, the one year rather than, you know what I'm saying, like the month to month or anything like that. Cause I have no doubt um, in this league and, and things I've read, did a little, you know, before I fully signed up, I, you know, I watched some of the YouTube and, you know, watched some of the previous games and, and you know, was able to to follow, you know, some of the players and things that were going on um, with the league. Um, kind of, you know, played on the side a little bit, um, but it was too intrigued too quick. So I, you know, wanted to jump right in. So I uh, got on the Discord channel and I really started, you know, like joining up and doing the simulation uh, information and doing everything I need to do. And, you know, it was, it was really smooth, really easy transition to get it going. And uh, to be honest, I got picked up pretty quick. So, you know, didn't have to sit out there too long. I'm pretty happy about that. So, Fantastic. So tell us about the Birmingham locker room. What is it like? Camaraderie. Uh, there's a good brotherhood in there. Um, you know, I know I came in week two and uh, we suffered a loss week one. Um, reason why I guess I was brought in was to help out the tight end position, which, you know, we need, we have a little bit of work to do. Um, Coach is, is, you know, tracking us, doing stats on us, letting us know, you know, things we need to work on and uh, week to week, you know, giving us better game plans and uh, has a lot of belief in us, you know, and, you know, our locker room, you know, people like Tazzy Blackwell, you know, who I came in, you know what I'm saying, a week after her, but I've known her for a while. Um, and, you know, we, uh, we're here to strengthen that team. You know, I mean, I'm all about, you know, whatever team I play for right now is the fuel. And, uh, you know, as long as I'm here, I'm going to do everything I can, you know, to better myself, the team and, uh, you know, 
just ready to fuel it up, you know, and make these wins. All right. Sounds good. So tell me, who is responsible for your progression? Are you solely doing your own progressions or are you looking to the coaches to help you out? Uh, to be honest on that, um, I do what I need to do off the field uh, when it comes to playing on the field. Um, Coach Tom Blitz is, uh, you know, Craig is great. Um, he's really, you know, putting that hand out there for us. Um, young, new to league, you know, don't know everything and I'm learning every day. Um, but he's actually helping us out, you know, and telling us where we need to, to work on ourselves. And, you know, your coach is the person you listen to. You know, you're growing up as a kid, same thing you listen to your dad, your mom. You know, and at this point, if I want to excel and progress, he's doing everything he can to, you know, better me for, you know what I'm saying, doing better in the league. And uh, so the coach is really pretty much, you know what I'm saying, showing us the ropes and, and getting us in there and, and, and helping us out, you know, and, and he's very wise what he does and he knows what he's doing and I trust him, so. All right. Sounds good. Three more questions for you. Sure. Um, how do you handle adversity and the trash talk that sometimes comes with playing sports? Uh, I love the trash talk. You know, there, if there's, you know, you got to rile up the other side, and, you know, and I feel bad for the people on the other side of me. You know, uh, I'm a big boy. And uh, when it comes to trash talk, it's part of football, isn't it? You know, I mean, being, you know, talking a little smack, you know, hyping them up, hyping our team up, you know, and, uh, I, you know, I know I'm going to be one of the best tight ends in this league. So, I mean, there's going to be trash talk. Everybody's going to hate me anyway. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I'm here to do my job. You know, I, I ain't here to make friends. I'm here to win for my team. You know, and at the end of the day, you make friends, but through respect. And uh, I don't know, you know, I, I really don't feel like there's a, an issue with, with trash talk and adversity. Um, it's about adaption. You know, you adapt to the environment you're in. You know, you adapt to what you're doing um, and evolve, you know, and that's what we're doing every day. When we get to step out on that field is evolving. We step out on practice fields. We do things we need to do. It's about evolving and moving to the next level. Okay. Good things. Good, good stuff. Um, do you plan on getting involved in the league in any other capacity besides being a player? Do you want to scout? Do you want to coach? Do you want to be on the broadcast team or stats team, anything like that? I think every option's open this time. You know, uh, I'm one of those people that just likes to, you know, be a part of whatever. And uh, maybe sometimes I get into it too much. <laughs> I get too involved and, you know, but I'm willing to step up to whatever, you know what I'm saying, the league would need me to do. You know, I mean, um, it's, you know, coaching stuff is fun. You know I mean? I just love it. You know, like I said, you know, I want to be a part of it. And uh, when I step in an environment uh, like this league, you know, I, I really want to be a part of it, you know, and if that means, you know, I get called up to help out and do other things, I'm ready, you know, sign me up. <laughs> all right. All. Sounds good, man. That's, this question is two-part. Sure. What type of personality will you bring to someone's locker room? And in turn, what are you expecting from the major league teams that decides to draft? <clears throat> um, I guess for me, it's the ability to grow um, in the locker room as well as on the field. Um, not just, you know, people, they're just not teammates. They're, they become family. Um, I want them to trust me that I'm going to do my job every time I get out there on the field. You know, if it's, you know, fourth down and one, you know, give me the ball. I'm going to try to push over the middle for us and get us that extra. You know what I'm saying? I want, I want my team to leave. You know, I want, I want that trust. I want that respect. Um, and the only way I believe you can do that is, is through your team believing you. And, and, you know, it comes down to a love, you know, I mean, I love the team I play for. I love the sport. Um, and, you know, the respect that you get from that, you know, is very important. Um, now, when it comes to the pros, you know, 
I want to be the best, you know, I mean, and, and I want to, you know, I want them to be able to teach me and bring me to that next level because, you know, I've had other coaches and stuff, you know, work with me and, and teach me, but, you know, I'm ready for that next level. And, you know, I'm saying to work there and, you know, I hope with the coaching staff and the people we have here, um, I can grow, you know, I, I can be the best. I can be, you know, the hall of fame, you know, and, and do what I need to do, you know, be the best tight end possible, you know, and I, and I hate to say it, throw that out there, but, you know, I'm putting your, you know, all the other tight ends on, you know, on notice I'm coming. You know, I mean, I'm going to be the best tight end that's out there, you know, and, and same thing with, you know, the other teams. You know, if, if that position doesn't need, you know, the tight end, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes for the team, you know, and I'll be the best at what position I play. All right. Fantastic. Now, I'm sorry. I always do this. I always think of one more question. Like, why? Sure, everybody... go ahead. <laughs> um, so, um, then I forgot it. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of important thing. Then it's kind of veering off from sports and everything, but sure. how did you handle this COVID situation with everybody being on lockdown, with you not being able to spend time with your family or travel in the way that you may have been used to? How did you actually deal with that? Um, I'm pretty much a social person by nature. Um, so it's kind of a little, you know, rough at first. Um, I worked downtown in Nashville and uh, worked with HCA. So it was down in the corporate office. Um, I actually like the fact that I get to work from home. Um, you know, I get to be in my office every day. You know, I don't have to do much. I get up, you know, 15 minutes before I, you know, I actually work. And uh, I pretty much just roll over, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> get, in my, get into my office. But, you know, I can't lie. I have more, you know, shorts to work, you know, a couple of times. And I do Zoom meetings every day and, and deal with people. So uh, I can't say I haven't thrown a polo on and had, you know, my PJ still on, you know. So, um, <laughs> but other than that, it's been a lot more time with my daughter too, you know. And I know right now with schools and stuff, you know, um, it's rough, you know what I'm saying, for a lot of people to be home and take that time off for kids. And um, for me, it's been a luxury um, to be able to do that extra time, put that extra time in for her. And, you know, she's actually been going to school pretty much the whole time. So that's been good. But at the same time, being the video conferences at home and doing what she has to do with school, I think that was the hardest part. But uh, it's been great for me. You know, I, mean, I love my little girl being here. River is amazing, you know, and, and uh, you know, it makes me happy. You know, <laughs> she keeps me happy every day, you know what I'm saying? And it just gave me that more time. So I treasure that time because, you know, come next year, they'll probably go back to school and, you know, that time won't be there anymore. So I guess I try to look at the better, the brighter side of it, you know, rather than, you know, I, you know, I did lose my contract for a little while with work and uh, they brought me right back. So, you know, and that made me kind of appreciate, you know what I'm saying, working full time, you know, because I think every day we don't always think about, you know, uh, the not working like we do. We yeah. kind of underappreciate it. You know, and a lot of times we're like, oh, I just want Friday to come, you know, I want to get paid and I want to be done with work. But at the same time, when you ain't got a job, you know what I'm saying? When you're used to working, you know, for 20 years, um, you know, it's rough, you know, and then you realize what the other side could be like. So it makes you appreciate things more with like God and, and things that go under in your life and, you know, those beliefs and things that you need, you know, they can keep you going that you neglect. And so it's been an eye opener <laughs> for sure. Fantastic, man. Well, Mr. Steele, Angel, it is a pleasure to meet you, man. And it was great to meet you. Definitely have a spot back on the show whenever you want to, perhaps after you get drafted and you want to come on even before the draft and everything. Yeah. Um, hey, just let me know and I got you. Sounds awesome. I appreciate the time you took with me too. Anytime. And I cannot let you go though without giving okay. you the last word. So All right. <laughs> that could be a song, that can be a poem, or that can be a simple shout out. Now I will say that Polly True for the album Kirky Adams had a whole track ready when I asked him that question. So <laughs> I'm just curious to see what you're gonna do. I'm Mr. Steele, but oh, right now <laughs> the floor is yours. <laughs> I have no idea, other maybe just a shout out, uh, just to my team, you know, and 
you know, everybody's been great, man. I love you guys, you know, and, uh, you know, thanks for giving me a chance, you know, to be in this league and, and do what I need to do. Uh, big shout out to the league. You know, I mean, like I said, letting tight ends know I'm coming for y'all stats. You know what I mean? Defense, I'm sorry, man. I hate to run you guys over, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I'll give a big shout out to you. You've been great. And I, and I love talking to you. It's been amazing. Oh, man. Thank you so much. I just want y'all to feel welcomed in this league that I love so much. And I'm hoping that you guys enjoy your time here as much well, as then. I if well, not dude. more. And right. honestly, I was going to dance, but then I thought maybe like no tap dance was good. You know, hey, point. you know, we still got time. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good to meet you. Looking forward to seeing your performance on the field. And again, come back whenever you like. Okay. Most definitely. I appreciate you. Thank you. Anytime. Anytime, brother. Have a good one. All right. And now we are back with my final fourth and goal interview. I have with me a good friend of mine that started his rookie season off with being on my show. Now he's graduated to GM. Now he's graduated to head coach of the SFLM Miners, Salt Lake City Rustlers. I have here with me, Mr. Ross Napoli. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. Hey man, God bless you. I'm glad you're back. And you know, I'm sorry it's been so long, you know, but it's better late than never. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, Ross. So give us a little bit about yourself. Those, because I think the last time you were on the show, I hadn't switched over to video yet officially. No. So give us a little bit of uh, information about yourself. What is your age, your hometown, interesting facts about yourself, and your favorite NFL team? All right. Well, uh, my age, I'm 45 and I live in uh, New York City in New York. Um, uh, my favorite team in the NFL is the Miami Dolphins. I know that's not a popular thing with uh, uh, plenty of people around here where I live. So that's not uh, that's not a good thing. But uh, and, uh, you know, something about me, I guess uh, I'm just. I'm really a diehard for the league ever since I joined, you know, I mean, you were the first interview that uh, I, I was able to do when I came in as a rookie and I, re I really enjoyed it. Um, got a chance to really speak to a lot of people in the league. And um, once I saw how the league went and all of the, all the ways you could really be involved in the league and, and become part of it, you know, the team and the front office and things like that. Uh, I was hooked, you know, it became much more, than um, watching it on TV. And I really wanted to be a part of that. And uh, it was a great process to go through the, um, you know, the draft and speaking to a lot of GMs and a lot of owners. But uh, it obviously stopped when I spoke with Louisiana. So, you know, it was, uh, it, you know, Jeff and I spoke and then Jeff got me in contact with Gerald. And uh, once I spoke with Gerald, him and I hit it off immediately. And we really... Uh, you know, we really seemed to be on the same page. And uh, he liked the desire that I had to be involved in the team in other ways. We talked about a lot of things that could eventually uh, roll out, which obviously people are being uh, able to see this season, uh, being able to talk about the ways that I wanted to try to recruit players to the team. I talked about uh, developing more content with the team uh, and obviously the newspaper came to fruition this season um talked about getting more people involved 
in the front office and uh, other people involved with uh, the social media and things like that. And, uh, it, you know, it really went well. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm really having a great time. I can see that. And yes, you have made significant strides since our last talk. And I just want to say that I am proud of you. And, you know, you, you told me that you were going to make an impact and take this league by storm. And you have, you know, I you stayed true to your word. And that's awesome. You know, so touching on, on, on Louisiana for a minute, you know, you are their deep, their defensive end to start. And now you're the GM. Are you still the defensive end over there too? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now the league actually, I don't see season 16 stats up yet, but you've made a significant difference on the field. So in season 15, you had 12 tackles, seven sacks, six assists. So what was the key to those seven sacks? And were you solely working on your progressions or did you kind of talk with um, Gerald and other management in order for that to kind of take place? that you can't find season 16 stats up there because they're nothing to write home about <laughs> it was it was not a good statistical season for me this year um but that was all right i didn't mind taking a back seat to guys like derek jenko and um you know uh deontay wilder who is my son um had a uh, a really good season as well as luther gone so i i don't mind taking back seats to those guys statistically wise but um as far as progression wise yeah i lean totally on jeff for that stuff jeff melanition is our uh progression guru so to say i guess he works with uh, everybody putting on the uh progression plans and speaks with everybody individually and um I'm, I'm more than happy to follow the guidance of guys like Jeff who have been in this league a lot longer than I have, uh, know exactly what they're doing. And Jeff works well and close with Gerald as far as what's going to help the team on the field. So I'm more than happy to leave my players' progression in the hands of those guys to say, this is how we feel um, it's best going to help on the field. And uh, I have total faith in those guys and the progression plans and everything that move forward. Like I said, uh, Jeff's the guy who takes care of that. And uh, I just, I kind of follow what they lay out in front of me. Fantastic. And I was wondering, how did you come up with the idea for the weekly paper that you put out? Because I'm an avid subscriber, pretty much read everything that you've done and you've been doing a fantastic job. So how did you get that idea? Oh, well, um, like I said, uh, during the beginning of my first season with Louisiana, which was Louisiana's first season in the league, um, Gerald and I had talked about ways to grow the brand of the team. And we talked about different types of things. We talked about maybe team awards. We talked about um, more content, more social media presence, maybe uh, possibly a team website. Um, and then we had thrown out an idea, you know, one time Gerald was like, yeah, it would be great to, you know, have a newspaper or a magazine and stuff. We were like, yeah, that's stuff that we could get to. Obviously, with other things that were happening uh, in season one, uh, when the suspension came down and the things had happened with, um, uh, with Gerald and Shan and all of that stuff, it kind of really derailed all of the plans for the extracurricular stuff for the team. And the focus was more on operating the team as a whole and, and, and not worrying about, um, you know, the extra stuff. 
So in this off season, Gerald and I were talking about again, hey, how are we going to grow the brand of the team? You know, and what are we going to do to make people really want to know as much as they can about us while promoting other teams as well? Uh, and it was really just in passing one night we were talking, and Gerald was just like, "Yeah, we should have like you know that newspaper we talked about or something." I said, "That's a great idea." Two hours later in the conversation, we were ready to start a newspaper. I mean, it literally came up that quick, and then the ideas just started to flow. And Gerald was like, "Listen, I'm gonna need you to take control over this. You know, I I, I do the coaching. I'm part of the scouting. I, you know, um, him and Mike, you know, do the offense together. Gerald is, you know, was doing the defense this year. You know, the scouting, all of the hours that they put into it. Gerald was like, "You got to be able to take this on, and." You've got to be able to、um, be consistent with it, because if you don't think that you can be consistent with it, then we shouldn't do it. Because the last thing I want to do is put something out there, and we do it for a week or two, and then whether people have interest in it or not, in the beginning,、uh, I don't want it to just fall off, you know, because we don't want to be known for that type of stuff. And I said, no, I totally understand, and I gave him his word that I gave him my word that.、Um, If we did it, that、uh, I would I would take full control over the paper, and that、uh, I would I would put a product out each week. And、um, here we are, twelve weeks later, and it keeps getting bigger. And plenty of people have contributed, like yourself. And your team has been one of the most cooperative teams we've had. There's a couple. Atlanta was very good, and you know、uh, Tulsa was very good. But you know. Eddie was great, and you know you were great, and gave us you know comments, and we're able to do things、uh, you know. With things with the paper, and yes, you were one of the first people to,、uh, you know, respond to the subscription list. And I mean, it's going great. I mean, as of last week's issue, we send it out to with current people that just joined again this week. We directly send it to seventy people a week. And, That's wonderful. And of course, we also、um, put it in all of the channels where people can find it. So we really.、Um, We've really grown it, I would say, and I'm I'm glad to see that it's the type of thing that、uh, everybody's really catching on to it. So,、um, you know, I see people in in general chat or in other things, you know, screenshotting things from the paper and putting it out there, which shows us that obviously people are reading it and、uh, they're enjoying it, you know. And、uh, we really enjoy putting it out. So、uh, I'm I'm real excited about it and. We have a whole bunch of good things planned for、uh, the off season now because with the SFLM here and with the off season coming, and it's all going to be new forms of content in the paper as well to keep everybody interested through the off season. I think that first of all, seventy for subscriptions in one season is absolutely amazing. So kudos to you guys over there、Thank、for you. doing your thing and putting out a good product and for. Putting it out regularly, and that is the key to anything. Even if you don't, even if you only had one or two people that read, as long as you keep up the good work, and as long as you keep putting out a product, eventually things will catch on. Obviously, it has.、Um, I jumped at the chance to be able to support, as I support every single podcast, every single article that we have here, because you guys take a lot of time to put these things together and a lot of effort. And so I think we all should do that, you know. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Yes, it's it's always it's always good to know that people are enjoying、uh, what they're seeing, and they keep going back in. And every week we get a few more people who, you know, 
who you know want it directly sent to them and and uh you know we are we're really excited about it you know it, it makes it worth doing when you know the people are kind of looking forward to it you know definitely definitely and one more thing about louisiana before we <clears throat> touch on uh, salt lake city sure um so with all of the adversity because you kind of glanced you kind of mentioned that earlier with all the adversity that you went through with the Gerald Shan situation, with Johnny, you know, um, with that whole thing with Johnny, because I had him on the show um, rather recently, and he did have nothing but nice things to say about you guys. I mean, he respected the decision that you all make. Um, how do you feel that Louisiana is going to grow from all of this? And do you have do you have an idea? of whether you want to pick up another quarterback in free agency or are you looking towards the um are you looking towards just um the the draft to do that well um i did see the show with, with, with johnny on and, and and i watched it and uh yeah i mean absolutely right he had nothing negative to say about the team and and we have nothing negative to say about johnny i I like Johnny. Johnny and I are, uh, are friends. We uh, we haven't spoken in a while, so um, I don't know if he still considers us friends. But um, you know, it was just things that happened there are just uh, things that we prefer to stay behind closed doors. Uh, we were happy to see that uh, Johnny feels the same way, and uh, we're all looking for, I guess, that fresh start. You know. Um, as far as replacing the quarterback position now that we're in the position that we're in, um, you know, all options are on the table for us. Uh, you know, we kind of went into the offseason with a mindset of probably feeling that we were going to address it in the draft. Um, but now seeing a whole bunch of teams announcing, whether it's retirements or not re-signing players, that uh, there's going to be a handful of quarterback openings it really changes the dynamic of the situation, you know. Uh, now we'll be able to take the opportunity to maybe speak to some free agent quarterbacks that we didn't think uh, would possibly be available. Um, and we also get the luxury of sitting back and watching the minors quarterbacks um, kind of see how they handle their own adversity. You know, a, a couple of them are now in their second season. Uh, I have one of them in Salt Lake. Um and, you know, these guys have shown a, a great deal of maturity in the progression of the league. Um, I couldn't tell you how old some of these guys are, so I don't mean maturity in, in the sense of, you know, some of these guys may be, you know, older gentlemen, they could be kids or whatever. I, I wouldn't know. I haven't had the opportunity to speak to every one of them. But you can see how quickly they've understood how the league works and how the you know as uh, coach craven used to tell us when we were in um san jose that you're more than the number next to your name you know a lot of these guys come in thinking like it's madden and they're looking you know if they're not rated in the 90s they think their player is terrible and, the, and what they don't realize is that that number is not your quote unquote rating so to say it's basically your worth or your salary you know right that's how us in the front office consider it right i mean that their 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 um their number is what counts towards our salary cap and there are guys out there with numbers that are not 
impressive, so to say, if you if you're ranked, uh, you know, 69.7 or a, or a 73. Some guys will look at this and go, oh, my God, that, that guy's terrible in, in, in a Madden. Where in this game and in this league, um, you'd be one of the top players at your position because that number is not what, you know, we all look at as, as the value right. of the player. And um, I think a lot of the minors coaches that the league put in place between last year and this year, um, really have um, explained that thoroughly to these players. And so I think a lot of people are starting to realize more and more just exactly how important progressions are, uh, how, it, how important it is to um, be active in um, not only uh, a general chat with their, uh, with their peers and players in the minors and, and with owners and GMs, but especially if you want to be more than just a player, um, letting people know that, you know, um, I remember somebody telling me when I first came into the league that, listen, if you're expecting someone to message you and say, Hey, would you like to do all of these things for us? That's not going to happen. If people don't know that you're interested in doing something, or if people don't know that you have aspirations to be more than just a player, it's on the player to get that out there to the organizations, to the coaches, to the GMs. Um, and so I think last year's coaches, as well as this year, uh, have done a really good job about getting these players to understand that. And you can even see it in general chat. There's very little talk um, coming into this uh, minor season three in general chat about how unhappy somebody thinks their value is or how they don't feel like uh, when they're on the field, they're playing up to par or doing, you know, they're they're taking it for what it is now and they realize what they have to do to build their player, build the progressions. And um, I, I think it's a great thing for the league, you know, because it shows that um, these guys are understanding at a very early part of their SFL careers. So um, I've spoken to a couple of GMs and a couple of owners um, just back and forth about players and stuff because, you know, being a coach in Salt Lake City, people reach out to me about my players and, you know, as I reach out to them about theirs. And uh, guys are really, um, really harping on getting that information out and uh, everybody's real happy with the way this minors class, uh, you know, seems to be handling themselves. Definitely. I mean, they're putting up 50 burgers on people. And yeah. I've never seen that out of the three seasons that they've been doing it. Well, this is their season, but yep. it's been wonderful ball to watch. And you can tell the enthusiasm and the excitement that these guys coming in the door have and how much they want to make an impact on this league. You yep. can tell in their abilities. You can tell the abilities on the field and the efforts that they put in you know, during trying to be a broadcaster or doing stats and all of this stuff. So that's that's awesome. And thank you for that, Ross. No, absolutely. Um, so hitting up, going to Salt Lake City, mm -hmm. um, Rustlers, you came from uh, the flight. Yes. San Jose flight. And I, I, I was wondering, how did that even come to pass? How is it that you became the head coach in Salt Lake? but not necessarily where your alumni is. How, how did that conversation come to pass? Well, um, originally when season two came around, the minors was going to expand to 12 minors teams. We were eight when I joined in season one 
and uh, Coach Craven was the coach over there. So in season two, they were holding applications for people who wanted to be head coaches uh, in the second season because they were going to have four new teams. So, of course, I jumped on um, the opportunity to do it because I'd like to learn a little bit about the coaching, but I also know my niche is in the front office. Uh, I, I love the recruiting. I love, uh, you know, talking to the players. Uh, I love the organization part about it. I love the developing aspect of it. The coaching thing, um, it, it, it intrigues me, but I know that I'm nowhere on the level of some of these guys in the league who do this. And I see the work and effort that goes into be a coach. And, uh, you know, it was more than I knew I'd be able to handle on my own. So, Coach Craven uh, returned in season two to be the head coach of San Jose. So I knew there was not going to be an opportunity to go, um, as I believe most of the season one coaches did. I do believe that was the case. So they had uh, picked four people to take the four new teams. And I was fortunate enough to get one of those jobs. Then they started realizing that the membership uh, was not as big as it was from season one for the for the new recruits. Um, obviously, season one benefited, unfortunately, from the pandemic, right? Everyone's home. Everyone's looking for something to do. And there was a massive influx of people who found this and had the time to do. It. We were um, trying to uh, fill the new teams and they started realizing they had to reallocate some of the players. So they said that they were probably going to do away with the new teams, but they had to see um, what was going on with the returning coaches. So I had expressed, I would love to stay on if there was going to be an opportunity to do so, but I totally understood if they, if they couldn't. And uh, it turned out a couple of the original teams ended up folding, I guess, because those coaches weren't coming back. And uh, I believe two new teams, if I have that right, um, were part of season two. And we went to nine teams. Salt Lake was one. And uh, they, re they replaced a couple of teams. And then um, coming into this season, I know that uh, they brought in another new team, fold in an old one, but we still remained nine um, teams and nine coaches this year. So... Uh, that's kind of how it went and how we got the jobs there. Um, but I didn't, uh, I, I didn't have the opportunity to, uh, to coach San Jose because, uh, coach Craven seems to be, uh, staying there and built himself a good staff. So I wasn't going to be able to, uh, to coach the team that I came from, but, uh, I am more than happy to be in Salt Lake. I've had a great group of players, uh, uh, a bunch of them who got uh, drafted last season as well. Some some great players that uh, mm -hmm. start their careers from Salt Lake. Got a handful uh, who came back for season two, and I believe they will be uh, pretty high draft picks this year. And uh, got a handful of new um, new players as well. So depending on the roster spots and the pros, I'm expecting a, a, a good amount of Salt Lake players to be drafted again this year. Yeah, and if they have you to look up to and to advise, I'm sure that they will, Ross. I appreciate that. Absolutely, man, absolutely. And I was kind of wondering about that, but you put that beautifully. Craven don't want to let go. That's all it is. You don't want to let it go. No, you know, I'm you just know? some of these guys. It's unbelievable. Make some room for the new guys, man. What I'm saying. Nah. <laughs>
<laughs> but no, and that's good that that opportunity still found its way in your lap, even though it wasn't with the San Jose flight, it was still with another great team with the Salt Lake City Rustlers. And you guys are making a run for you. You guys are doing your thing right now. So um, before I let you go, because I know that you're a busy man and I, I do appreciate it. <laughs> um, I was wondering what, what are your future plans for the minors, for Louisiana, and in your own personal life, Ross? Well, um, I guess I can start with the uh, with the minors. Uh, I'd I'd like to continue to stay on um, for as many seasons as I could, um, if the if the league would have me back as a coach. Um, I, I really enjoyed the time, uh, you know, with the minors uh, players um, and being able to you know establish those relationships, as well as help you know, guys, any way that, uh, you know, we can. I have a great staff in um, in San Jose. Uh, San Jose, look at this, Salt Lake City. Uh, see, you got me all tongue-tied now talking about my alma mater, then I missed it. Um, but, uh, you know, when I got the team, I brought over um, my twin screw, uh, who, you know, is with me in Louisiana, is uh, in my eyes, uh, one of the better coaches in this league. And uh, he gets the opportunity to control the offense in Salt Lake City. Uh, Chad Nevels, uh, another great guy. He's my defensive coordinator. Um, uh, and then I have other guys on the staff, uh, be it scouts or just assistant coaches. And I want to make sure that, you know, that they get the appreciation that they need. Um, I have uh, Slim from Vegas with me on the staff. Wow. I have, <laughs> I have Mike Hall on the, uh, on the staff with me. I have Frank Wade. And, uh, I, <clears throat> excuse me, and I have B. Robo with me. Um, so we have a handful of guys from Louisiana because we work well together. Uh, we have a handful of guys from other teams, uh, guys that I have uh, formed friendships with from the day that I came in. And uh, for as long as they want to be with me on my staff, I would love to continue to have them in the minors with me because they're all an integral part uh, of of the team, they, they all contribute in uh, different ways. Um, between helping with progressions, just being there in the locker room is a big thing. You know, some of these guys I bring on the staff, I don't really ask them to do much as far as be there for the, for the players. Because there's plenty of guys that just have questions and, uh, and it's always just a different, um, a different perspective, you know. Um, so having uh, a couple of GMs on my staff, having a couple of guys who are, um, you know, just players in the league, uh, having guys who are coaching in the league, guys who have front office positions. Um, I think that that's a great mixture for the for the minors players. And I really think that that's one of the reasons why the Salt Lake guys, be it um, progression, or just the way they get themselves out there to owners. I think it was a big reason why Salt Lake had so many guys drafted last year, because I think uh, my staff deserves a lot of credit on preparing those guys to get out there, do what they need to do to be noticed, as well as build their player so that this way um, they made themselves attract attractive uh, draft choices. Um, as far as Louisiana, you know, we're building. This was not the season that we wanted to have. Uh, certainly not. Um, there's no excuses on our end. There were teams that uh, really turned it around from last year to this season. There were teams that couldn't win many games last year and 
won themselves some games, went to the playoffs, as a matter of fact. We were nine and three, and uh, we were uh, one game away from a championship last year. And now here we are picking in the top five the next year. It's, it's not where we wanted to be. Um, the front office and the coaching staff takes full responsibility for that. But uh, the future here is bright. Uh, I've been speaking to a lot of free agents because we do have some unexpected holes that came up um, due to uh, player retirements or just things that, um, you know, players uh, moving on want to test free agency. And um, so it's it's been a real it's been a real pleasure to actually speak to some guys and to see the excitement, uh, regardless of the down season or any little controversy that may have surrounded Louisiana. Um, there's some real excitement for people who say like, I'd really love to come and play, you know, with Louisiana. And uh, I've spoken with uh, more than a handful of players. So is Gerald, so is Jeff, so is Robo. Well, you know, we are hard at work to build the right team here. And uh, we expect to be back into the playoffs. Like you guys, sorry for your loss today. I was rooting for you. Um, but, um, you know, we, we plan on being back there. We plan on winning our division next year and uh, claiming our, our rightful spot as the, uh, you know, best team in our division, because that's where we feel that uh, we will be. As far as in real life, uh, you know, I'm a family guy. You know, I have, uh, as I was telling you, you know, I have uh, three boys, three children. Uh, my oldest, Ross, is a player in the league, Deontay Wilder. Uh, he'll be retiring as player this year. He's one of the holes that we have because he's off to college and he just doesn't know if he's going to have the time. So he doesn't want to shortchange the team or the league. So, uh, you know, that's one of the holes that we're going that unexpectedly came up when he was accepted where he wanted to go. And, uh, you know, my other two children are uh, special needs children. They're on the autism spectrum. One's more severe than the other. So when I'm not working, I'm uh, Mr. Mom, you know, I get to be home. So, uh, you know, my wife is a nurse here in New York. She works overnight, uh, three to four nights a week. So, you know, with everything that went on this year with the COVID pandemic and everything else, it's, uh, it's a tough balance, you know, but it also allows me to be here more for the team and for the league stuff because I have to be home. You know, I have to be home with my kids. I have to be home. So when I'm not working, I'm, uh, I'm home here in the office, in my house and uh, with my kids. So it allows me to, uh, you know, develop the newspaper and talk to players and, and do what we have to do. So in my personal life, what I'm looking forward to is uh, continuing to be a, um, a big part of the league and, and for the Louisiana Revolution um, for as, as long as Gerald will have me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, big things, uh, you know, in life and, uh, you know, here in the league. We're, we're real excited all the way around. Fantastic. Okay. Now, since you mentioned your wife being a nurse, especially in New York, I was going to leave it at that. I got to ask one more question. How yeah. did y'all deal with the COVID situation, especially with it being so bad, you know, in, in New York? Like, how did you deal with that how does she deal with that it was uh it was tough you know um it's it's better now but it's certainly not gone um it was rough uh on her because you know here in new york uh no secret um a lot of people died and uh my wife uh, watched a lot of that and so I was more worried for her that when things started to slow down, that, uh, 
that was going to take a toll on her mentally. You know, um, she had just become a nurse uh, the October prior. She had graduated nursing school, got the job in in the um, in the hospital in um, October of 19. And then here we are by March, all of a sudden we have this pandemic and things were going crazy. So she was working crazy hours, more days than she should, constantly exposed to this and the fear that she was going to, uh, you know, bring it home. You know, uh, my older of the two special needs children is uh, considered nonverbal. Um, so we were worried that, you know, God forbid if he contracted it, that, uh, you know, he wouldn't be able to tell us he wasn't feeling well. Um, you know, the younger one is on the spectrum, but could at least, you know, tell us. So it was, um, it was tough. It was stressful and it did take a toll on her and, you know, by all accounts, I know a lot of people say it and, uh, but you know, I mean, to me, my, my wife is an incredible woman, you know, she's my hero. No, no two ways about it. She, uh, she does everything she possibly can, not only to, you know, help support our family and has a fantastic job, but was literally on the front lines of this and was exposed to it quite often and was there to see people, you know, um, sadly, um, see the end of their lives and, and see people who were on the borderline get through it, you know, and that's why she became a nurse and um, happily to say, uh, I should say, that um, as it got better, it didn't take the toll on her mentally that I thought it would because she gets to be there for people who are suffering from it, but they're getting better. So she gets to, you know, kind of see the brighter side of it as well. And, uh, you know, no one, no one uh, deserves to have the job where, you know, they were literally just, you know, filling trucks with with people who didn't survive and uh, going in and out of work, uh, you know, witnessing that I, I, I don't, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And my, my heart broke for my wife for months, but uh, she's a strong woman and she came out of it. And uh, I actually appreciate you asking me that and giving me the time to ramble about it a little bit. I, I, uh, I apologize <laughs> not to bring down a good mood of a, um, of an interview that we had, but uh, you know, it's important because that is what they went through. You know? you know, it didn't bring down the mood at all. As you know, I do these shows to get to know the people behind the players and you having dealing with, you know, your children, dealing with your wife going through that. Um, and I'm sure you had your own, you know, emotional um, days that you had to deal with things. If anything, it shows the strength of family and it shows the strength of individuals. So kudos to you. I'm more than willing to listen to any stories that you or anybody else in this week has to share because you learn from things like that. So you didn't lessen the mood. You didn't diminish the mood or anything like that. And I, if anything, I think that you added to it and people get a better understanding of Ross and his family and how tough you, all of you really are in dealing with everything that you go through, you know? So kudos to you. Definitely kudos and shout out to your wife. Hopefully one day I'll be able to meet her. She can be on the show and, you know, kind of share her stories too, well, you know. We'll, we'll, we're both going to Texas for the convention. I don't know how much around leak stuff she's going to be around, but she's looking forward <laughs> to being there, so. <laughs> 
beautiful. So hopefully I'll be able to talk to her then and, you know, and, and just get to know her as too. But Ross, this was a fantastic interview. And I thank you so much for your time. And of course, you always have a spot on the show, man. You have something you want to share. Even if you want to just go over some of the SFL in action with me, I'll be more than happy to have you on. And Absolutely. we can do that, all right? But I cannot let you go. Okay. Without giving you the last word. So that can be a song, that can be a poem, or that can be a simple shout out. But right now, Ross, the floor is yours. And I believe you gave a shout out the last time. So a song or a poem would be absolutely wonderful right now. Uh, I, I don't know if I can give you a song or a poem, so we're probably going to have to go back with a shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. I guess, um, well, I guess. I would give a, uh, a shout out to um, both staffs of both teams that I am a part of because um, they really welcome me um, and what I bring uh, to both. You know, my players in Salt Lake are real appreciative. They, they, they reach out um, and my staff does wonders with those guys really. So, I mean, that I, probably wouldn't have been asked to come back to be a coach uh, the the second time around if we didn't maybe uh, show that we knew what we were doing and that is all to my minors staff and those guys that i mentioned before uh and louisiana uh you know gerald and jeff for believing that i would be able to um contribute to the team the way that i do um, and realizing that I'm a man of my word and uh, when I tell them I'm going to do something or if they ask me to get something done, you know, I, I do it. It's the way that I live my life. It's the way I run my business in real life. And it's the, it's the way that I take part of the league here. So my shout out goes definitely to both staffs and uh, ownership in Louisiana. Um, and uh, I, I thank the league for giving me the opportunity to coach in the minors. And uh, I give uh, Gerald and Jeff thanks for uh, bringing me over there and hopefully it all continues. I'm, I'm not planning on going anywhere. So. Fantastic. And I'm sure you're going to be making more of an impact than ever, you know, and I'm looking forward to see what you guys do this season in, in SFLM and in Louisiana. But oh, well, I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Ross. I'll see you soon. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, everybody, and that is it. Thank you so much for joining Bo and I on the show this evening. I'm so glad to have you. Uh, sorry for the emotion that I displayed, but you know, I just meant a lot. You know, it's passion. It's well, you know, I'm, I listen. Listen, I'm from Wisconsin, so you know, uh, Vince Lombardi is all about emotion and passion. So you know, I'm all for it, and I know how much you love Vince Lombardi too. You know, and that's a whole nother story. Don't you do that? Don't <laughs> <laughs> but special thanks goes out to Justin and Tylon and Ross for being on the show. Really appreciate it. And again, big ups and thank you so much both for taking time out of your busy schedule to co-host with me. Do you have any last words? Absolutely. Um, I just want to thank you again for the opportunity. You know, anytime I get to come on your show, I, I, I relish the opportunity. Um, it, it, it really means a lot to me that you would think of me to bring me on. So thank you so much for that. Um, you know, to all the uh, uh, SFLians out there, as, as I call them, to all the SFLians out there, you know, I really hope y'all enjoyed uh, the show and everything that Ashley does for the league and uh, these crazy games. You know, um, it's a great opportunity to 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 get out there and see everything that we do. And, and, you know, Ashley, your emotion just shows all the effort that really goes into 
what the GMs and the owners and the, and you know and the coaches, everything that you all do to make this league the success that it is. That's why that emotion comes into play because you all bleed the SFL, and for that we thank you. Appreciate you so much, Bo. I really do. And I'm looking forward to bringing you guys another great podcast next week, probably with Bo again. Never, you never know who's going to be on the show. But um, until then, y'all, stay safe, treat each other well. Striker and Bo, out. I love you.